everybody, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, everybody. Um, I, th- I thought you might have used our old name that you were going to do. Just, just throw it out there. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, guys, uh, we... <laughs> Sorry, I'm ruining it uh, No, no, no. Intro. <laughs> no, it's good. We're, uh, we're officially uh, recording the audio version now. Uh, if you're listening on the audio version and you don't watch our Facebook Live now as we do this uh, in tandem, we do our Facebook Live and record the audio podcast at the same time. So that we can get in for, uh, input and have a conversation with people live as we're doing this as well. Um, we start about 10 minutes before with a Facebook Live than we start the audio version. So um, it's a little bit looser. It's a little more fun. We have some conversations. We share some things that we probably don't normally on the audio podcast because it's a little more official. Um, so we're coming into this with uh, sometimes conversations that we've had that have kind of made us <laughs> made us laugh and we've had a good time with already. So sorry about that. If you want to check those out, you can always go back, um, go to our weekly impact Facebook page. You can go to the Elevation Community Church Facebook page. You can go to the Brent Keith Facebook page because I share it on mine as well. Um, both my uh, like official page and my personal page. Um, but you guys can always check that out. It's always up. As soon as we get done recording, it goes up and it stays up. So you guys can watch the video version or you can wait till Tuesday for the audio version to come out. So anyway, sorry if sometimes we make some references to the video yeah. that you guys Inside have missed out jokes. on so far. Um, but anyway, uh, we are back today. Um, it's Tuesday, November 12th, um, and we are on Exodus 9. So um, we are joined today, uh, we as in myself, Brent Smith, and Pastor Daniel Yelverton, we are joined today by our good friend Ernie Merkey. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so Ernie is a good friend of ours, um, and he's an awesome dude that's been coming to this church for a while that we've all gotten to know really well, um, and his family's awesome, and he's been somebody that I've had multiple conversations with about the podcast, because he's he's been an avid listener um, as he's grown in his journey in faith, which is, is it's been really rewarding to see Ernie. I think I've shared it with you, but it's been really rewarding to see um, you having conversations and bringing things up from the podcast that you've heard us talk to mm. that we we'll, uh, talk about that when you and I are together, you ask us about, and we we kind of have yeah. conversations about it because we want this podcast to do just that. We want this yeah. podcast to be reaching people um, and helping them listen to the conversations and understand more about Jesus, more about God, more yeah. about the Word of God, about bi- the Bible, and just as they grow in their faith. So um, I am very happy to be able to have you on today, yeah. finally, because I know that we've been trying to get you on for a while. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's this, you guys don't even understand how how much this podcast means to me. Yeah. Maybe you really don't. You know, I, And I hope it's doing that for other people, too. I mean, but uh, it's been huge for me. It's been huge just reading and almost making me accountable for reading and following along and and just hearing other sides of it. Yeah, I love it. That's awesome, man. That's mm. that's exactly what we've hoped for, and it's just really it really helps us, you know, because we do this podcast every week, and you, a lot of times you don't get feedback from people, you don't hear a whole lot about it, so you're like, are we just making this for for crickets? You know True. what I mean? Like, yeah. so uh, it's really cool to hear it, and it's really cool that we have the Facebook Live. Uh, portion of yeah. it going now too because we see people interested in and wanting to be a part of the conversation so now we have you in here to be a part of the official conversation to ruin it, <laughs> to ruin it all no, yes absolutely not <laughs> so um do you listen to the podcast like on your drive time or when do you usually listen to it how's that work for you as soon as you post it really <laughs> pretty much yeah, yeah? every week as <laughs> i'm like literally tuesday mornings i'm waiting wow like, okay check again check again <laughs> Thanks, man. So, so Ernie, actually, you just had a, a switch up with your job, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You want to tell about that real quick? Graveyard shift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's, it's a blessing. Just like, just like scripture tells you, he'll always provide a way out. And, you know, it, it's, it's really brought me back to connect with my family even more. It's put me at home so much more. Yeah. And so it's, it's been a blessing. I love it. Yeah. So you were doing like a first shift job before for a few years, right? What were your hours then that you were working? Well, you just, you get off whenever we're done. Yeah. So. What time do you start? Uh, about 8 o'clock, usually. Yeah. seven thirty, eight o'clock. But. Uh, A.M. Yeah. And then there would be times where I wouldn't get home until the kids are already in bed sleeping. And it's, something had to change. The kids, yeah. they wanted me home for the little things, you know. And yeah. 
He provided a way out. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, yeah, so Ernie had the opportunity to come up that he switched to third shift now. So um, he's working overnight now, but the hours are a lot less, but the pay is about the same. And you're able to be there. You shared with me you're able to be there in the morning to get the kids ready, right, to help take them to school, do all that kind of stuff. Then he comes home, sleeps, and then wake up, and then you're there for them in the evening for everything that they have going on before you go back to work, right? So, I mean, third shift is definitely no joke. And something most people don't want to do, but uh, it sounds like it has worked out really awesome for yeah. you guys, for your family, it and has. time with your kids and your wife. So that's awesome, man. I'm really happy that that blessing, yeah. as much as most people would say third shift isn't a blessing, yeah. but that, that that blessing came out of nowhere for you. So yeah. that's really cool. Mm. And you're able to be here. Yes. yes. <laughs> At least this week. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's on vacation this week. So normally you'd yeah. be asleep right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it, yeah, definitely would be. Thursday. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Tuesday. That's right. Tuesday. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, so it's hard. It's hard to do the yeah, whole like future stuff. Like <laughs> even like when we're doing like Sunday morning things, we're like, so you guys are listening <laughs> yeah. to this after Sunday's already happened. And so I can't talk about it as if it's like not Going happened yet. Happen that, yet. Yeah. So there's a weird in between with the yeah. uh, Thursday, Sunday or Thursday, Tuesday kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So I told you I was going to ruin it. No, no, it's okay. It, I literally do that. I still have to like rethink it constantly yeah. and calibrate well, my even, mind. I'm even worse. I'm all over the place because uh, my actual two 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 group. Well, uh, I'm in Bill Tackett's group. Shout out to the Roots. <laughs> but uh, we actually did this last fall, so we're doing acts right now. Okay. And so now we're in. I'm studying three different. <laughs> wow. I'm trying to follow along to two or three different uh, studies. So yeah. I'm all over. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Daniel, you just. Um, recently went to like a what was it it was a kind of a convention or what was it was, it a, con- it was a conference okay yeah so it was a conference uh there's a ministry called uh 3dm uh, mm-hmm. ministry and it started out in sheffield england uh and it's a discipleship uh movement it's they uh they their goal is to help churches build a discipling culture uh so that disciples who make disciples and it's more of empowering and developing as opposed to delivering the goods. Like, it's not like you come and you have these great experiences and you're kind of in all of the rock concert mm. and the guy that speaks really well, and then you just leave. Mm. Uh, and so their goal is to shift away from that and to go more into developing the believers into disciple makers. So they go out and accomplish the mission of Jesus, mm-hmm. more missionary disciples. Um, and they see it as like, man, like when we go out and interact in our, our homes and our neighborhoods at our workplace, wherever we are, it's our opportunity to be missional disciples because then we can go out and tell people about the good news of Jesus where we are. Um, and so it was really great because it's a, for them, it is an all encompassing thing. They incorporate every part and every aspect of their ministry around developing, empowering, and discipling people. So from the Sunday morning experience to the worship, to the small groups, to the youth, to the kids ministry, it is all kind of one voice and unified there, which is great because that's kind of been our goal too, is to have a unifying voice throughout all of our ministries uh, to um, create experiences for people to encounter Jesus and to experience the life change that happens from that. And mm-hmm. so uh, it's been so, it's been a ministry that I've been kind of learning from over the past year, year and a half now. Mm-hmm. And so it's good to kind of get more connected with them. And uh, yeah, it was a it was like a fire hose experience. Yeah. yeah Most it, of those are, right? I know it was. And, and I think that's the part of the, one of the things that I really love about even just reading scripture, but even listening to them was that there's, there's this relationship between hearing and applying. Right. And so like we have all these opportunities, even with the podcast where we can put it out there where people can hear kind of as we're reading, as we're discussing, as we're going through application, you can hear the word of God and God can speak to you in, in so many ways. It doesn't have to be just scriptures. You know, it can be through a friend. It can be through an experience. Uh, it can just be through a thought that kind of pops into your mind. It can be through music, whatever it may be. God has the ability to speak in every medium and the question then is, what are you going to do about it? Like, how are you going to respond to that? Mm-hmm. And I was just talking to Ernie, like literally right before the podcast about the difference between the wise man and the foolish man, right? In Matthew 7, that the wise man hears the word of God and applies it. The foolish man hears the word of God, but doesn't apply it, mm-hmm. right? And that's the distinction is that, you know, we can hear God but we have the opportunity and the choice to, res- to choose how we to how to respond. 
And, and I think that's one of the things that we, that I know that it's been great about even this podcast is knowing that like when we read the scripture, when we discuss it, we want to give opportunities to bring real life application to it and how to respond to what we're reading and what does it look like to actually begin to implement that into our lives. Because when we do that, we are the wise person, right? right. We're the one that's building our house on the rock. <laughs> And what that does is that means whenever things come against us, it says like whenever the storms come, the floodwaters rise, all of those things, that there's stability there because the the word of Jesus has gone from our head to our heart. But when it just stays in our head and doesn't go down to something that we're we've actually applied to our lives, then we're are all over the place. Mm, you yeah. know, we go back and forth. And what happens ultimately is unfortunate, and it says that that the man who builds his house on the sand that the storms come and the house collapses and it's a great crash. Mm-hmm. And and I can relate to the great crash when I knew what God said, but I deliberately, I consciously avoided it and I consciously didn't follow it. And my life was the great crash, mm. you know? And I think that that's a relatable thing for a lot of people is that, um, you know, and that's why it's, it is, uh, we love this so much, but it is important. It's important as, as you listen to God and as God speaks to you to tune your ear to him, to tune your, your eyes, your heart, your mind to him, and then begin to start the process of application to avoid the great crash, yeah. you know, because that happens, that comes, mm-hmm. you know, there's something so s- stable about, uh, the teaching of Jesus, what he modeled and how he shows us how to live, act and interact, not only with God, the father, but also with our relationships around us. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, so that's, uh, I don't know where, I, what, <laughs> what just happened there? I just like, just had an out of body experience and then just Preaching. kind of came back and I was like, where am I? Um, so, uh, anyways, uh, so yeah, so that's, um, I think for, for me, that's been the thing that I've been really impacting is, uh, is kind of oh, and uh, Ashley just said the crash is also where you grow, and I totally agree it's true. that that God will that the crash is that moment where God just shapes and molds and uh, fashions us. It's like a pruning process. Uh, it looks terrible when a when a vine gets cut and the leaves get pruned, uh, but that is the that is the uh, that is the process in which the vine is able to not only grow but also to bear great fruit. Yeah. So I, I want to get into our scripture for today, um, but <laughs> one thing, I've got us time too, so uh, I started about um, 10 minutes late um, once we get through the scripture reading and everything, so we'll go to about 30 minutes today or so. Uh, we're at about five minutes so far, so that's not bad. But um, one thing that I don't want to miss out the opportunity to talk about real quick and get your guys' uh, perspective on it if you even know about it, and everybody watching on Facebook Live as well, um, you were talking about unity. It's been a topic that we've uh, you brought it up a little bit in what you were speaking on, and um, uh, it's been a topic that we've been talking about for a while, and something that is is amazing for unity within the church right now that I think that's going on, but also is turning into a divisive thing that I would like to get your guys' thoughts on. Have you seen what's happening in, in mainstream culture right now with Christianity? With um, the biggest name, obviously, being Kanye West, with him oh, yeah. um, um, coming to Christ and, and um, changing his life, and he's changing his music, said that he's never doing any of his old music ever again. He's only doing Christ-centered music from now on. And yeah. um, So we have uh, Kanye West, who is now a believer, and he's a, he, he's a guy that's never been ashamed to speak his mind anyway so to have somebody like him that's now a believer that's out there and saying i'm not doing old music anymore jesus is the way and he's he's who i want my family to follow and he's what i'm going to talk about and i'm going to tell people who he is now i'm going to spread the gospel through the platform that i have um you have um somebody like justin bieber that's been leading worship at the church that he's been going to for a while you have um uh there were country music awards a couple weeks back or maybe a couple months ago now but um thomas rett and some other people that came out and used that platform to pray um, during their acceptance speech and things like that. So it seems like something is happening happening in the mainstream, and I love it. I mean, as a believer, I would hope that, that everybody would love it. Yeah. Um, but I know that some people are saying they don't believe that Kanye is actually um, you know, transformed, that he's just you know, doing this to be <laughs> controversial or whatever. Um, I'll tell you what, man, and I shared this on Facebook a while back, but um, so many people, or not so many people, um, I have never listened to... A Kanye West album from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. I've heard some of his music before. It's catchy. It's good artistically. He's he's really really gifted as an artist and somebody who who um, does things with a fresh perspective and makes things sound different than you've ever heard before. Um, I listened to his whole album uh, the other day and I loved it. Like it's so good. Like there's not 
in my perspective, there wasn't a single thing that he said in there that was yeah. that was against the gospel, that was outside of 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 the truth, you yeah. know. Um, and now he's having these. Um, he's not even doing concerts anymore. He's calling them Sunday services. And I know that I read an article the other day about one that um, six thousand people showed up. He's going to these venues just kind of out of the blue, not announcing it a whole lot, and just kind of showing up and doing his thing in these cities. And they had um, six thousand people show up to one of them recently, and they did an altar call at a Kanye West concert, and over a thousand people gave their lives to Jesus that day. That's awesome. How can you be upset about that? Right. You know. Yeah. So. You know, and I saw somebody share recently with all this stuff that's going on. Um, they were listing all these things about um, revival because we've been praying for revival. We've been cra- praying for a third great awakening for so long. And this could be the beginning of something like that. I don't know if it is, but it could be. And um, it's just I, I love the perspective this this person had. They said they said um, we've been praying for a great awakening and for a revival for so long, but now are you open-minded enough that this, if this is it for you to accept that this is it, even if it isn't what you think it should look like, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So, um, I would love to get, um, your guys's perspective on that. Um, and just, you know, have you guys even seen that that stuff's going on and what were your thoughts on it? Yeah. I saw, saw some of that on Facebook and, um, uh, you know, I think that that is, uh, God moves and people miss it. Mm. Right. Mm. You know, I mean, think about Jesus. <clears throat> yeah. Jesus came and people missed it and yeah. they opposed it and they opposed him and they opposed his ministry. And it was controversial. I mean, what he was saying was really controversial. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that, man, I always, you know, for me, when it's, when it's somebody that's out of my sphere of connection, like mm. I don't know them or anything like that you know, and, and I'm kind of like kind of observing in, I, I really am just like, I think, man, like, I, and when I see stuff like that, I, I love it. And I praise God. It's like the disciples who approached Jesus about the guys that were preaching in his name, but were not part of their crew. Right. And then he was like, they were like, should we tell him to stop? Because he's like, not with us, but they're talk, they're he's preaching in your name. And Jesus is like, no, <laughs> you know, they're, they're for us. Right. Yeah. You know? And so, and I think that there's going to be, uh, the gospel is so universal in that it's able to be uh, shown in so many different ways, in so many different contexts, so many different cultures. Paul even uses it. Uh, he uses the uh, the scriptures of the Athenians, so pagan scriptures and pagan idol worship. He uses that as an opportunity to share the gospel and people come to faith, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am never going to... Uh, the question, the medium, whatever. Like, no, I don't think so. You yeah. know, and so... For me, it's like, man, if that's happening and that's going on, like, praise God. And, uh, you know, I think that that's that's where, you know, I I don't know. I don't ever have, like, I don't really judge that at all, you know. So, yeah. sorry, I kind of jumped on that, Ernie. What no, that's, that's huge. I mean, yeah, I can't be, I can't agree more. I mean, I, I don't have any of the social media things, so I don't see all the things that are that are being shared with that. But I, I know all about it. I still see it. Yeah. And I'm not even connected in that way. And I literally woke up this morning with my wife playing his CD. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. what is that? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, yeah. What are you listening to? But then it's like, <laughs> then you, you start hearing, and I'm telling you, man, it doesn't matter how you do it. Yeah. It doesn't matter how you do it. Mm-hmm. Man. it you're, he's pushing the word yeah. one way or another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got a song on the album where he's he literally just says, he lists about, 25 things like little short sentences like jesus please help us jesus please save us jesus be with us like all this different stuff it's like this is kanye west but the cool thing about it is and i'll I'll, we'll move on after this but um it's rap which normally isn't my thing right but you know grew up in the 90s and stuff and the 80s and 90s kind of at the big surge of hip-hop so it's always been a part of my life and our lives and um i can I can like it if the message is there, you know, yeah. and, and I was really impressed with it, but he's taking this message to people that somebody honestly, like one of us, maybe not be able to reach because it needs to be brought to them in a way that, that relates to them and their yeah. life and the world and come from somebody that they look to as somebody that speaks to them, you yeah. know? Um, and I mean, for the fact that out of 6,000 people, over a thousand of them gave their lives to Jesus they all of them have probably heard something about Jesus in their life. I'm sure they've heard the gospel in some way or another, and it never connected until somebody like him brought it to them in a way that they connected with. So um, I think it's amazing, and I think that um, 
it's so cool that I heard that uh, since all of this has been happening, but especially since Kanye's album came out, um, the, uh, Google Analytics said that there's been like a 300% spike in Google searches about Jesus and about what Christians be- believe I mean? and about what the gospel is. Are you serious? Yeah. That's so, crazy. I mean, that's awesome. Tell me that's not amazing, you know? Yeah. So, that's great. you know, you might, you might have, there might be some divisiveness. You might not believe Kanye. You might not like rap music. Yeah. But you got to open your mind and realize that it's not about what you like. Yeah. It's about reaching people for Jesus. And Absolutely. it looks a million different ways to be able to do that. So anyway, um, you guys feel free to share with us. Um, uh, Bill, Bill Tackett just posted. He said, I posted this the other day. One of my kids asked me what I thought about Kanye's new, um, new album drop. He said, this was uh, my response. Let me open it up here. Um, he said, if I was Kanye, I'd want Jesus on my team. If I was Jesus, I'd want Kanye on my team. <laughs> mm, that's so true. He said, Kanye West is uniquely positioned to take the gospel to places that I never could reach. A couple years ago, I heard a preacher ask about how we are going to act when revival comes, but it doesn't look how we expect it to look. Well, ready or not, church. Ready or not. Amen. <laughs> I love that, man. I yes. love that. Uh... <laughs> so... um Guys, we'll move on from that. I know that it's been a long podcast already. We haven't even gotten today's scripture yet. But um, I just, man, I, I love having some topics that we can actually have a conversation yes. on yeah. before we get to the scripture of the day and then really kind of warm us up and get into the scripture conversation as well. So one thing that's interesting, this is scripture related. So okay. what, talking about like what the kind of Pharaoh is. and Yeah, we um, do need some context before we actually do the scripture for the day. Yeah, sure. Let's go for it. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, kind of what's going on here is Pharaoh is just, uh, we talked about it a little bit uh, when we when we did it on uh, Exodus 2, that Pharaoh is just a, an awful guy. And like all the stuff that's happening, um, you know, he is using his power uh, to uh, kill people, to enslave people. And But what's interesting is God is going to use Pharaoh for his own glory, hmm. right? And he says that. He says that, uh, that in, but in the process, God is also giving Pharaoh the chance to repent. Mm-hmm. Like all throughout the plagues, God is giving him warning. God's giving him opportunity to repent. And there's one time where he actually has like a moment where we would say, man, that is like true repentance. Like he says, I repent. I was wrong. God is the true God, you know, and he does it. But then it's a head thing, but it never goes down to the heart. Right. right? And so uh, and so I think that what the, you're seeing here is that God has the ability to take anybody and, and, and transform it to his glory. Yeah. Right. And so kind of relating back to the things that are, we wouldn't normally, it wouldn't be our method or it wouldn't be the person that we would use or it wouldn't be the person that we pick. Well, I'm not, I feel like I'm that way sometimes. Like I'm not the thing, the method that I feel like God should be using. Right. But you know, he's given me the opportunity and I just want to be present and be faithful with whatever, whatever he's given me for his glory. Right. Right. And you know, it took me a while to get, uh, I was 26 before the Lord got a hold of my heart. And with this whole stuff with Kanye, timing, whatever is timing, it doesn't, you know, but the fact that he's bringing glory to God, that's awesome. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 All right. So guys, we will go ahead and get into the scripture reading here of Exodus 9 from the Dwell app, and we will be right back. Then the Lord said to Moses, go into Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. For if you refuse to let them go and still hold them, behold, the hand of the Lord will fall with a very severe plague upon your livestock that are in the field, the horses, the donkeys, the camels, the herds, and the flocks. But the Lord will make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt, so that nothing of all that belongs to the people of Israel shall die. And the Lord set a time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord will do this thing in the land. And the next day the Lord did this thing. All the livestock of the Egyptians died, but not one of the livestock of the people of Israel died. And Pharaoh sent, and behold, not one of the livestock of Israel was dead. But the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he did not let the people go. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Take handfuls of soot from the kiln, and let Moses throw them in the air in the sight of Pharaoh. It shall become fine dust over all the land of Egypt, and become boils breaking out in sores on man and beast throughout all the land of Egypt. 
So they took soot from the kiln and stood before Pharaoh. And Moses threw it in the air, and it became boils breaking out in sores on man and beast. And the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils. For the boils came upon the magicians and upon all the Egyptians. But the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he did not listen to them, as the Lord had spoken to Moses. Then the Lord said to Moses, Rise up early in the morning and present yourself before Pharaoh, and say to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, Let my people go that they may serve me. For this time I will send all my plagues on you yourself, and on your servants and your people, so that you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. For by now I could have put out my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, and you would have been cut off from the earth. But for this purpose I have raised you up to show you my power, so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. You are still exalting yourself against my people and will not let them go. Behold, about this time tomorrow I will cause very heavy hail to fall, such as never has been in Egypt from the day it was founded until now. Now therefore, send, get your livestock and all that you have in the field into safe shelter, for every man and beast that is in the field and is not brought home will die when the hail falls on them. Then whoever feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh hurried his slaves and his livestock into the houses. But whoever did not pay attention to the word of the Lord left his slaves and his livestock in the field. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward heaven, so that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt, on man and beast and every plant of the field in the land of Egypt. Then Moses stretched out his staff toward heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail, and fire ran down to the earth, and the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. There was hail and fire flashing continually in the midst of the hail very heavy hail, such as had never been in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. The hail struck down everything that was in the field, in all the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And the hail struck down every plant of the field and broke every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the people of Israel were, was there no hail. Then Pharaoh sent and called Moses and Aaron and said to them, This time I have sinned. The Lord is in the right, and I and my people are in the wrong. Plead with the Lord, for there has been enough of God's thunder and hail. I will let you go, and you shall stay no longer. Moses said to him, As soon as I have gone out of the city, I will stretch out my hands to the Lord. The thunder will cease and there will be no more hail, so that you may know that the earth is the Lord's. But as for you and your servants, I know that you do not yet fear the Lord God. The flax and the barley were struck down, for the barley was in the ear, and the flax was in bud. But the wheat and the emmer were not struck down, for they are late in coming up. So Moses went out of the city from Pharaoh, and stretched out his hands to the Lord. And the thunder and the hail ceased, and the rain no longer poured upon the earth. But when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunder had ceased, he sinned yet again and hardened his heart, he and his servants. So the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he did not let the people of Israel go, just as the Lord had spoken through Moses. All right, you guys, and we are back. That is today's reading from Exodus 9. So um, lots of stuff going on in that scripture. I know that uh, we have some long ones and short ones. This was kind of in the middle, but um, there's a lot of stuff in there. So what do you guys want to unpack on that? 
Uh, I think one of the main things that is, de- is I guess, an issue uh, that people debate and also a challenge for some is the whole kind of like hardening of Pharaoh's heart. Yeah. And that relationship between, you know, was it Pharaoh? Was it God? Was it both? How does it go? How does it work? Yeah. Um, and I think that what's interesting is that you'll see that um, uh, that in this chapter, we see that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Um, and, uh, and before in the previous chapters, we see that Pharaoh hardened his heart and then it kind of goes back and forth it, the first with the livestock, Pharaoh hardened his heart. And then he repented after the hail, uh, or no, then it said after the boils that God hardened Pharaoh's heart and then he repented after the hail, but then he hardened his heart again. Um, and so I think that there's this relationship between, um, like, God giving us the opportunity to repent, right? So there is every time the plague comes up, for the most part, Moses and Aaron warn Pharaoh about the plagues yeah. every time. And right. he says, like, you've got a day. You've even is like tomorrow these things are gonna happen. Here's what's gonna happen. Yeah. Right? Fair warning. Yeah. And so he gets he gets the warning and he still uh he never he never repent. And so there's this it's almost like this hardening of his heart is really more of a disobedience to the response of, of divine intervention and what God is doing. Like mm. this is more uh, Pharaoh pushing away God than it is God kind of hardening Pharaoh's heart. However, there kind of comes a point of no return, right? And then God recognizes that Pharaoh is going to continue to keep doing this. And so he almost kind of says, all right, you're going to, this is going to stay this way, mm. right? And what's going to happen is that your the calamity that's going to come your way is going to be for my glory and for my fame. And and I think we can kind of relate to that sometimes, right? Because oh, yeah. like, there's times where I've just kind of pushed away God, and then there's times where God has kind of said, "Okay, I'm going to leave you to your devices, mm-hmm. and I'm going to leave you to this situation, and I've extended my opportunity to repent, and I extended my opportunity to mercy, and now you're just going to experience the consequences of your decision." Yeah, we see that in Romans one where it says that like that the people that, that that we humanity exchanged the truth about God for a lie. So it says, so God gave us up to the lie and God gave us up to it. And he's basically saying, okay, Pharaoh, if you're not going to acknowledge me, then I'm going to go ahead and, and act as if that's going to be the case. Right. Mm. And so, uh, and so that's where I think there's kind of that relationship. And it's not like God is just, like Pharaoh is just this puppet. Right. And then God is just hardening his heart and he's just at this like, you know, he's like, oh, what's going on? My heart is in a real weird place because God has hardened <laughs> it. And now, you know, but I'm doing these things, but I don't really want to do them. It's not that same kind of uh, aspect. Right. But but you do see that he does end up repenting. Like there's that like like what he says there is like, man, he confesses like Lord is righteous and I and my people and I are wrong. That's mm-hmm. a big deal because Pharaoh is a God in this culture, right? Yeah, I right. mean, he is worshiped as a God and he is admitting that he's wrong. And what's interesting is that we see different types of confession in scripture, right? We see uh, confession basically of recognizing that we, we've done what's wrong, but we're not really acknowledging God for who he is, you know? Mm. And, and so... Uh, and so that's where I think we have this kind of situational repentance where it's almost like it's overwhelmed. And I can totally relate to this because there's times when I've been like, I know when I was not following the Lord, there was times when I cried out to God for help. Right. I was like, God, help me, save me. You know, I'm I need I, I'll turn away. I promise I'll never do these things again. You know, no one's ever heard that narrative before. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, I'll never do these things again. And then all of a sudden, like tomorrow, we're like, eh, whatever, I'm going to do them again. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there is a point where, like, God's not. God's not dumb. God knows, you know, he knows her, he knows our hearts. He knows that when repentance has truly gone to our heart and when it's just more of a, Hey, just don't want to be in this situation anymore. Stop sending hail, you know, I'll repent, you know, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, totally flip back to that. And so I think that people can, can look at this and be like, man, God is just bad. You know, why is God doing this? God is just, he's, this is a puppet King. And then he is just like killing all these people because he's hardening his heart. And there's many opportunities where it is Pharaoh's choice. And it's gotten to the point where God is saying, look, you, you're making these active choices. So this is just going to be a part of, you know, I'm going to use this for my fame and glory. And unfortunately the choices that you keep making are going to put you in a position where you're going to lose a lot. Yeah. I really like the perspective they had on the Bible project. They said that God gave him lots of opportunity at the beginning when he's still saying Pharaoh hardened his heart, Pharaoh hardened his heart. And then they said that after a certain point, God was like, okay. And they said, they literally said that God bent Pharaoh's evil and will for his glory, Mm. which I thought was awesome to think about that because now God's like, I gave you lots and lots of chances here. Now, 
I'm going to harden your heart and continue to drive this home so that this becomes something that people learn their lesson from. And here we are talking about it over 2000 years later still, you know, or even more than that. So, um, I thought that was a really cool perspective on it. Yeah. I couldn't help put myself in share in Pharaoh's shoes. You know, I feel like God has given me everything that I've ever wanted in life. And I can see that now, Mm. but for the last 30 years, I've been fighting him. Mm-hmm. I've been fighting against it, but yeah. fighting against his will, his way, when it was all for his glory and my best interest. Yeah. How crazy is that? You I know. know. It's like, yeah. you see it now, but yeah, have you, it's, it, sometimes it takes so long to, to witness it, yeah. to recognize it. Yeah, you got to have that perspective shift where you realize that he's got your best interest at heart. And yeah. you just need to go with, with what's happening with him and quit fighting against him all the time. Yeah. But it's hard. It's yeah. a big deal. And I think one of the interesting things that you see here is that Pharaoh's choice of, of pushing away God has catastrophic effects not only on him, but everybody around him, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's such a, um, such a great example of how sin works, right? And how disobedience to God works is that it affects us. Like there is a spiritual hardening that happens uh, towards God, but then the ramifications around us is catastrophic, right? I mean, like it's getting to the point where basically his own advisors are like, Pharaoh, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> and let's let's like kind of take that to us, right? There's times when people are saying to us, what are you doing? You're, you, this is the this is how you're hurting us. This is how you're hurting me. Man, can't you see this direction that you're going into your life? Right. And we can we can just kind of, you know, take a blindness to it or take a blind eye to it or get to the point where we're just so unwilling to acknowledge God that we would just much rather just kind of continue on this kind of this trail. And and it leaves just a wake of destruction in the background. And and so I think that there is something uh, really important for us to take home here is is whatever those voices are the voices of your loved ones, the voices of the people around you, um, even your own voice within your mind that kind of says like, man, there's something off here. Like, man, heed those voices. Like, take, pay attention to that, right? Because God is, has the ability to speak through our loved ones and to let us know like, man, this is heading in the wrong direction, you know? But if we are not able to take wise counsel, you know, then we're going to end up, it's going to end up like, you know, maybe not as catastrophic like it does with Pharaoh, mm-hmm. but it's a similar path. Right. Yeah. Where we just completely disregard any anything that anybody says uh, based on whether it's arrogance for Pharaoh, uh, you know, being in a position that he's in and that he's, you know, a deity for them. But also, you know, it could just be like just he's in, the, in this version says he's stubborn. Mm-hmm. He's unwilling, unwilling yeah. to acknowledge. And so I think there's a especially for guys. This is just me being kind of candid here we can uh we can we can let our pride become our worst enemy when we can uh think that we know what's best or think that we're strong enough uh, we don't want to admit weakness or we've been taught that way by our culture and um and and we don't listen to anybody else um you know when it comes to correction or things like that and guys you, you, we got to repent of that you know because that that's never going to end well for us yeah and i mean if you you know if you're growing up the way that uh that Pharaoh did as a deity, you can do no wrong. Mm -hmm. So what's that going to breed in you except for I'm not wrong. You're wrong every single time. So, I mean, it makes sense why he's so stubborn when it comes to this, but man, to, to, for God to have to go to the lengths that he did for it to finally get him to let his people go. Like it's, it's crazy how much had to happen for his eyes to be opened and for it to happen. And even still, they, they chased him down when they finally let him go. But, um, I mean, I, I would I would be interested to hear the conversations that the people were having while this stuff was happening because you think about all these plagues and how, how many crazy things out of the ordinary happened within a short amount of time. Yeah. You would think that all of the people by then, by then, that Pharaoh was the only one still being stubborn. You would think because mm-hmm. it's just so crazy, you know? You yeah. know what's interesting is, and I'm going to kind of take a parallel here to like the false gods, mm-hmm. right? Bill posted something about uh, this uh, where he talked about like, you know, uh, how the the plagues exposed the deities of the Egyptians and how they constantly were messed up. Like, I think there's a cow deity called Hathor, right? And so that was one that they would never, um, uh, they, they would never kill cows because it was a really sacred thing for them. And uh, history says that uh, the Egyptians lost a battle because the enemies put a herd of cows in front of them and they wouldn't cross over wow. or try to kill them. Uh, same thing with the frogs. Uh, and then they have... Uh, there was a God for the sky. Uh, I don't have all of them all, all there. And then um, there's a God of health 
Emotep, I think it is, uh, for the one of health and the, the like, uh, and the boils. And the fi- the in- interesting thing here is that it says the magicians who were supposed to be the closest to those deities were the ones that were affected by it. And they were, uh, and so God is con- constantly kind of breaking down uh, the idols and the false gods and exposing them. And I think that, like, fast forward to us, how a lot of times as we as we end up worshiping worshiping other deities other things whether it's greed uh, so money uh whether it's like romance uh uh whether it's status uh, being famous or different things like that it's almost like god has to expose them for what they really are right and he has to like kind of show the depravity of that and like i, I kind of see a little bit of the parallel of these plagues and how they uh, God is kind of unwinding what is natural and unwinding this just to reveal just kind of the depravity of what it means to kind of have those things on the forefront or to worship them. Um, and, and I think that for me, that happens. Like idols get exposed when I all of a sudden get like trapped in them or enslaved into them, you mm-hmm. know, or they end up just kind of wrecking, you know, my life or my relationships or things like that. And, and so uh, I think that's part of God's mercy here is to kind of, break this down because the Egyptians end up actually responding favorably to the Israelites in this whole process. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It says that they ended up like the Egyptians, God, like which would, which to me doesn't make a lot of sense at first. Cause I'm thinking like, why that would, I would vilify those guys. Right. If I was the Egyptians, I'd be so mad at the Israelites. Right. Yeah. But it's almost like they're exposed what to what is really going on here. And so they're responding in favorable to saying like, Oh, actually, and Pharaoh even acknowledges that your God is the righteous one. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, and so I think there's, there's, there's an aspect of kind of mercy there, but, and God even says it when in verse 16, when he says, I spared you, you know, cause he's like, okay, I could literally just kill you right now. And I could wipe off your, your, the entire Egyptian race. And there would be no Egyptians left on this planet ever. Mm-hmm. You know, I could just go ahead. I could wipe it out. I'll wipe you out just like that, but I'm, I'm sparing you and I'm using you for a purpose, you know? And so that there's this exposure that happens and it's violent sometimes when, uh, these idols get exposed for what they are, but it's for a purpose. And it's actually, you know, there's a sparing process that happens even when we lose the things that we think we value the most, whether it's money or relationships or things like that. It's almost like a, like Ashley said earlier, it's, it's that that's the place where the crushing of that, whatever it is, is the thing that helps us grow. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. You said what you said earlier about how you can just, it's easy to read this and think, God is so bad. Like, why would you just let this stuff happen? But, I mean, I absolutely love that he lets so many circumstances play out. Mm-hmm. So the outcome is only to glorify him. So you have no other option but to turn to him. Yeah. And there's no other way it could have worked out the way it did unless it was through him. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I love that. And something I love too, like something that stands out here to me, is so different talking about idols and deities like that um, compared to our God being the true God according to Pharaoh. Um, is there's a line in here where it says, uh, uh, God says, let my people go so that they can worship me. Mm-hmm. And I used to look at that and be like, you know, because I'm used to seeing what idol worship is, where it's just this thing that you're just, oh, so, you know, you're mm-hmm. awesome, you're awesome, praise you, praise you. But to know that what God actually means in that isn't so that they can come fall down on my on their knees and tell me how great I am. Yeah. It's because he's a God of relationship, and he wants his people to be free, to be in complete connection and in relationship with him. He wants his people out of bondage so that they can be free to be with him fully. And um, I just love that because it, yeah. it completely, all these other deities, they're worshiping them. They're not alive. Like, you know, they're just things that they're, they're getting down on their knees and they're worshiping to and sacrificing to, but there's no relationship there. There's no, there's nothing coming back to them. And um, I just love that our God is a God of relationship. And when he uses the word worship like that, he means, I just want to be with them. I want to connect with them. I want them to have no hindrance to be able to be with me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And that's, it took a long time for that kind of perspective for what our God is, for that to shift in my head yeah. um, and understand what worship means when he talks about worship. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, he, he identifies them as his own and he calls them my people. Yeah. You know, Let my people go, you know, so they can worship me, so they can experience me, so they can encounter me. Yeah. And what's happening and, um, you know, is that this, they're enslaved, not only in, in Egypt, but I think it's, you know, taking the the physical what they're experiencing to spiritual now is that I think God is saying the same thing for us. You know, he's saying, you know, 
you need to be set free from these things and experience me and experience real relationship with me because that's what you were designed for and that's what you were created for. Yeah. This Egypt land that, that you get that you've placed yourself in is not where you're supposed to be, you know, and, and that, you know, you you're set you're 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 in bondage. Right. And so um, come be set free and come to the promised land. And but there's a lot of breakdown that happens because. And, and you'll see that the back and forth happens here because we haven't gotten to it yet. Spoiler alert. But when they get to the promised land, <laughs> they have a hard time letting go of the past. Mm. They have a hard time letting go of the good times in Egypt, which is ridiculous when you when you think about it. But but I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Right. We have a hard time, you know, releasing the old habits, releasing the, the ways that we used to think, releasing the things that felt really good. Uh, and ex- and we exchange that back and forth for, you know, when we go back to things that we know we should you know, that have always let us down. Um, you know, and so I think that there's the, the, the thing too, is just like, is that, that process of repentance, right. Of kind of continually going back to God to recognizing, Hey God, that you have so much more, uh, you're so much more powerful. You have so much more, uh, you know, and, and to not go through the process of repentance like Pharaoh did, right. Where you just take your situation and you say, God, I just really want to repent so you can get me out of the situation. Mm Mm-hmm. And instead say, I want to repent because I want to experience you. I want to worship you. I've been in the wrong. I've gone the wrong way. You know, let, let's let repent, which is just a, a military term. It means turn around. You mm-hmm. know, so let's turn around and head in the right direction kind of thing. Uh, because it's easy. It's easy to just take a terrible situation and just say, Lord, just save me from the situation. And really what God is doing is he's, he's wanting us to save us from something way greater than that. And let, and let us experience something far more greater than just the relief of our present situation. Yeah. Sure. I think so, it's also a reminder to, to praise him in the good times too. You know, mm-hmm. you're not just always begging to be r- saved from something or, or, you know, pulled out of something, but to, when it is, you're going your way. It's almost as if we were all too often to slip from praising and, and worshiping. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, maybe that's just me personally, but mm-hmm. well, I think it's it's cool to see, not cool to see, I guess, but it's interesting to see because people do have a different take on it. Some people, um, when they're in the good times, yeah. they're happy and they're praising God and they're in connection with Him and love Him and just spend all kinds of yeah. time with Him. But then when they hit bad times, they just completely withdraw. They get angry. They close up. They put up walls. Um, their hearts harden. And they just get angry yeah. um, instead of going to him in yeah. those times of need. But then other people, when things are good, they forget who God is. They just completely don't worry about him because everything's going good and everything's hunky-dory. Mm-hmm. And then when things get really bad is when they fall on their knees and they turn to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see how people are wired differently. Um, but it's just a good lesson to learn that you need to to praise him and be with him, spend time with him give him honor and glory, pray to him, talk to him, um, honor him in the good and the bad mm. times, in yeah, all good. times. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, guys, we've, we've, uh, we took a long time to get to this conversation today, but I feel <laughs> like it's been a really good conversation overall. And guys, oh, I, Hey Mike, sorry. <laughs> old college buddy of mine. We were watching the Tar Heels play last night. So oh, oh, nice. Oh, hold on. Yeah. He doesn't know about the whole Tuesday thing. So <laughs> Yeah. Recently. Good to see you, Mike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll go ahead and wrap up there unless there's anything else. Um, Daniel, do you have anything else summary-wise that you would love to uh, to tie this up with or application-wise at all? I mean, I know you kind of were just going over some of that stuff, but is there anything else you want to put out there? If not, we'll just go ahead and get to the prayer. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we've, we've, we've hammered a lot of the topics uh, today. I think that this is, though, it's just always kind of increasing our perspective of the choices that we're making and how they're affecting not only the people around us, yeah, uh, but also in response to kind of pushing away God and what that's doing as far as catastrophic, not only to our heart, but also to the people around us. Because Pharaoh's kind of at the, he's at the epicenter of all of this, right? Where he is, he's kind of having this back and forth, um, you know, m- semi-repentance, not semi-repentance. Um, but... Uh, there is, you know, there's an opportunity and he's still getting lots of chances in this whole process. Um, So, yeah. Okay. Well, guys, I'll go ahead and pray to wrap us up today um, and then we'll finish up. Um, Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for the the beauty and the complexity of of your story, of what you've done through history um, and the fact that everything that you've ever done completely points to Jesus and completely points to to your way being the only way and to you being the only real true God that we can turn to, but also the fact that you are 
even though you are the only true God, that that you want to have a relationship with each and every one of us, as small as we might be in the perspective of everything. Um, so, Father, we thank you for that. And and to honor you, we want to come to you and have a perspective and have the, the mentality to come to you in the good times and in the bad times, God. To know that um, we need to be in relationship and keep you close to us at all times. Um, to honor you, to glorify you, but also to just draw close to you like a father and um, because you are our father and, and a place that we can go and that we can hide and that we can seek refuge when we need it, but a place also that we can celebrate and that we can have joy and, um, and find happiness in other times. So God, we just thank you for all that you are, for so many things that you provide that we don't even see, that we don't know or understand and that we hope to someday have revealed to us uh, when we're in your presence, Father. Um, we reach out today, and we pray to you. We ask you for our uh, our friend Kyle um, from Facebook Live today where he reached out. We just ask you, we don't know any of the, the circumstances. We don't know anything that's going on um, with him and with his marriage, but God, we just ask you to be with them, um, to guide them, to let them feel your hand upon their shoulder um, as they move through this time, and um, that they both draw close to you, and in drawing close to you, that their eyes are opened um, to the fact that, Father, you want to heal and that you want to reconcile and that you want to bring, th- bring things that are broken back to wholeness and back to being together, God. So uh, we just we put our trust in you and um, because we know that we can, because we know who you are. Um, we know that we can trust in you in these things. So, Father, we just lift you up. We lift Kyle and his wife up, and we just thank you for all the people who are listening and joining in this conversation um, and, and for all the people that are uh, that are turning their lives to you, Father, whether it be through through um, old, old ways or new ways, Father. The way that you move um, is completely unpredictable, and we thank you for that. And we just hope that you can keep our hearts open enough to be able to be open-minded to the ways that you are moving and to continue to draw close to you and see you move in this world. So, Father, we thank you. We lift you up. We love you. And in your name we pray and say amen. 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 Mm, that's good. Uh, um, so, guys, for joining us, Ernie. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. This was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to finally have you on. Yeah. Um, I tried to get Brandon on recently and he was like, I don't know, man. I don't know. So our buddy Brandon, he's out there as well. He's another one that me and Ernie and him have had a lot of conversations about the podcast and stuff. So, um, hopefully we'll get him there someday, but, um, man, thanks for joining us. Uh, hopefully your vacation is good and is continuing to go, uh, to go well for you. Um, before we get into this holiday season when things get crazy. Um, but thanks for being here, man. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, happy hunting. <laughs> and to all you out there. Yeah. You know, Zach Cherry Holmes and some other folks that have been watching us and tuning in, um, they're enjoying the hunting season as well. So happy hunting. Good luck to you all. Um, but thanks, everybody, for watching. Um, and as always, just uh, go out there, take care of each other, um, be the light in the dark places in the world, and um, just continue to shine. And we'll talk to you next Tuesday. You guys, take care. See you.